Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Monday, May 18th edition of the Sheila Zelinsky Show, folks. Thrilled is not the word for the news I received over the weekend, and here to share some incredible breaking news is my guest, who really needs no introduction, Coach Dave Dobmeyer from Pass the Salt Ministries. That's ptsalt.com. Coach Dave, welcome to the show. Well, Sheila, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, I've had that date, May 18th, circled on my calendar for quite a while because I thought yeah. I was going to be in Pensacola, Florida. But uh, some dramatic uh, things happened this weekend, and praise the Lord, we don't have to go. Well, yeah, tell our listeners why we don't. Well, I'm sure that anybody who listens to your show knows what's been going on with Dr. Ken Hoven, Pastor Hoven down in Pensacola, Florida. And of course, the trial that he had, not only the eight and a half years that he's been in prison, but the trial that he had back in March, where he was, uh, we had a hung jury in regards to um, mail fraud. They tried to charge him with mail fraud from jail. I chuckle every time I, I hear that. And uh, got a hung jury, which was some things I found out since. I was down there, Sheila, is, you know, you lose about 97% of the time in federal court. It's when you go there, man, you re- it's really a setup. The judge and the prosecution a lot of times are on the same team. And and so the fact that Ken Hovind was able to, to get a hung jury at that time was really quite amazing. And we've been pointing since, uh, well, since then that the, the new trial date was set for May 18th and Ken Hovind was going to go to uh, court and have the same thing done to him again. And supernaturally, uh, through a series of events, which I, you know, I have a little bit of insight, I'd like to share with the listeners tonight. Uh, Saturday night, the prosecution filed to dismiss all charges against Ken Hovind. Actually, it's charges I think three, four, and five. The three remaining charges, they dropped all of the charges today uh, in court. Uh, they were dropped, and uh, Ken Hovind is now. On his way home, we just don't know when that's going to happen, Sheila, because, uh, of course, they have to process him out. He was supposed to go to halfway house. So a lot of unanswered questions at this point. But we do know that the charges he was facing have been dropped with prejudice, which means the prosecution can bring them back up. But I, I just don't see any way that they will. Well, it's been absolutely just a horrendous 
10 years. It's been excruciating, and we've looked really deeply into this case. And I don't think, Dave, I have ever seen a more egregious and flagrant case of persecution. We just saw, I mean, it's almost laughable, but I mean, it's so excruciating what this man has been through. And, you know, I said something recently on a show, Dave. I said, you know, someday when the historians are sifting through the ashes of what once was a free West trying to assess what happened, they'll discover that we let freedom be hijacked by the devil and his minions. And I don't think people realize, Dave, that America's at war and doesn't even know it. America's been pillaged and plundered. I can only really use pirate terms to describe what's happening to the greatest country the world has ever known. And America was not the last bastion of freedom, folks. It is the first and only. It has been indoctrinated by public education, the justice system, the progressive mainstream talking bobbleheads to accept this cabal's progressive ideas as valid and part of the American way. And they are not. They are diametrically opposed to the Constitutional Republic and every liberty that was immersed in the biblical tenant of moral law. I mean, we have to understand some of the things that are going on, Dave, like, for example, the big court case ruling to come up in June. This is changing constitutional law, and God really is the highest law of the land, though, isn't he? Yes, Sheila, but the, as I've tried to tell people over the last uh, 15 years since since my eyes were really open to what was going on, the, the greatest lie perpetrated on America in, in my lifetime was the lie of the separation between the church and state. And the consequences of that lie, Sheila, is that uh, we have allowed them to remove uh, the name of the Lord. Uh, the authority of God has been removed from all of our laws, all of our school, every every mention of public in public life. You're allowed to, you know, they're, uh, they're real nice. They allow us to continue to worship privately. But the, uh, Jesus, God, uh, American Christianity is is uh, non-existent in our halls of Congress, in our, in our schools, in our universities. And unfortunately, there's been a generation of us. I'm I'm 62, so I'm I'm right at the end of the baby boomers. Really, uh, we've been the worst at it, Sheila. And when when we yielded the authority of God to the government and to the courts, that's when the onslaught really, really took off on us. And I I try to tell people, 1947, Everson versus the Board of Education was when the lie of the separation of church and state was first uh, mentioned. 14 years later, 18, I'm sorry, 1961, they took prayer out of school. 1963, they took Bible reading out of school. 1973, they uh, legalized uh, killing of unborn babies. 1980s, they took the Ten Commandments off public, out of public display. And as a result of that, there's a whole generation of people who have grown up in the church believing that somehow the government is above the church, that, that the church, God, God's body answers first and foremost to the government. That's why we see all these ungodly rulings going on. And really, Sheila, so little opposition from the body of Christ. Well, I am very thankful because first of all, I mean, praise the Lord that this happened. All things were so stacked against him. And we really needed a we kind of needed a win for Team Jesus, though. Oh, so, my I mean, goodness. Praise we God. <laughs> yeah, we needed one bad. Really I am did. thankful for this victory, though, Dave. I am too, Sheila, and I would like to maybe reveal to to your listeners some things I haven't been able to real, reveal, been sitting on for really about six or eight months, and just try to explain to people the real miracle that took place. First of all, I want to tip my cap to, to Rudy Davis and, and Racer X and Ernie Land and those guys who have, I mean, Rudy has given his life the last uh, last six months to, to fighting for Ken Hoven, as of others. 
And so I don't want to take any more credit than, than I certainly deserve. We played a role in it. And I'd like to explain some things that have been going on behind the scenes that most people weren't aware of and I couldn't really share with anybody. When the um, hung jury came down back in March, Sheila, I made the determination the best of my ability. I wasn't going to let him go back to court with poor representation. And uh, we began to raise money immediately to, for his defense. We thought we were going to have to raise $100,000. We didn't know what it was. In fact, we had one attorney in town told us he wouldn't touch it for 300000 that it was political poison in Pensacola, and he, he wouldn't touch it. And uh, through a series of events, one of them being a phone call I had with you, we got in contact with uh, uh, lawandfreedom.com, uh, Bill Olson and Herb Titus. And we were able to hire them through the help of the U.S. Justice Foundation, uh, we raised $5,000. The U.S. Justice Foundation matched the $5,000, and Herb Titus went to work doing all the research, Sheila, on every filing, every pleading, uh, everything that had been done in, in the case up to that point. And Bill Olson, I, I remember my, telling my wife that uh, Bill Olson told me the day that we first contacted, he says, you know, Coach, many of these cases can be won before they ever go back to court. Now, I thought that was pie in the sky, you know. I was trying to get him some good representation. They kept me up to date, Sheila, over the last uh, six, eight weeks, however long it's been, with all the research and what they were doing and what they were finding. And, of course, because every time you talk to Kent or even right now, our phones are monitored, I, I believe. And the last thing we wanted to do was give the, uh, the prosecution, the government, any idea what was going on. So I was pretty tight-lipped on exactly what was happening. But Herb Titus and uh, Bill Olson, Herb Titus in particular, put together the most unbelievable um, motion to uh, dismiss based on the fact that uh, – this mail fraud that they've charged Pastor Kent with it isn't even a crime. And they went back and they, they quoted the Pendergraft case, which really was almost a carbon copy to this case and, and showed that you, first of all, uh, mailing documents regarding legal things from court, from jail, from any, using the mail is not a crime. It can't be a crime. And in fact, it said in the Pendergraft case that for a government to charge that as a crime was they didn't use the word piling on, but they called it vindictive, Sheila. Wow. That anybody who would use something like that as mail fraud would, was vindictive in nature. And so I've, I've known this, this pleading was coming now for about two weeks, couldn't tell anybody. And when they dropped that, that pleading, it was an atomic bomb, I'm telling you, when they, when they dropped it on Thursday to the prosecution and they read that, and I'm sure the judge, Margaret Casey Rogers, read that pleading too, and very, very clearly through a, a legal precedent showed that what Kent Hovind and Paul Hansen had done was not a crime. It was not a crime. So what happened is um, the um, prosecution got a look at this thing. They thought, my goodness, wh what are we going to do here? And they requested more time, a delay in the trial. Uh, Judge Rogers did not grant that trial. That was on Friday, Sheila. And uh, about 20 hours later, the uh, prosecution filed a motion, motion to dismiss. They could not they could not defend what they had charged Ken Hoven with. Now, they dropped the charges with prejudice, which means they can refile them. But I, be, I don't have any idea what they, would, they could possibly refile. They were trumped up charges to begin with, Sheila. You know that. And when I got the call last night or the email, actually, from Ernie Land last night telling me uh, that, uh, they had, that they had dropped it, I, it was one of the most surreal moments of my life. My, I flashed back to what Bill Olson told me, that they could win it before they went to trial. Sheila, I, I, I flashed back to... When we were down there in March, there were very few of us down there when that, first, when that trial first started in March, and we were all praying. I said, listen, let's pray for one juror, just one juror. All we need is one juror. You know, Sheila, we found out after polling the jury in the first trial, I don't know if you even knew this or not, the, the verdict was, in fact, 11 to 1. And one juror held out in the previous trial causing a hung jury, yeah. and he held out on the premise that what Ken Hovind did wasn't a crime. 
Jury nullification is what we call that. He said, it's not a crime. I'm not going to, no, no. Hung the jury, and certainly the prosecution, and the judge felt at that point when they saw it was 11 to 1, well, we'll just pull another jury in here, and we won't find somebody as bullheaded as that. And it isn't amazing that when they dropped that poison pill on them on Friday, their entire case blew up. And I, I just give credit. I give credit to the Lord. As I said, Sheila, it was one of the most dramatic spiritual moments of my life when that when I read that email. Well, it must have been something, especially considering how much has been at stake, considering the fact that they were there was the one charge that they could really put him away for the rest of his life. It's amazing what God has done here. And I mean, it just goes to show people, Dave, I think what this really solidifies is that God is still on the throne. God's still advancing his kingdom, isn't he? He sure is advancing his kingdom, Sheila. And Something else I thought was very, very apparent is we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, evil spirits in high places. And there's not a doubt in my mind. I don't know the reason why, Sheila. The prosecutor and the judge were very vindictive towards Ken Hovind. I think people lose sight of the fact that this guy's been in jail eight and a half years. He's already been in jail eight and a half years, and they wanted more blood out of him. They wanted more flesh from this guy. And all he had done in jail was just... uh, Filed a done a legal pleading, a legal filing through the through the mail, and they called that mail fraud. And I don't think I, uh, she when this shows over, I'm gonna I'm gonna forward that pleading to you so you can read it. When I read it the first, I, about ten days ago, when I read it, I said, "Oh my goodness, this is a this is a knockout punch for sure." And sadly, our courts should be unbiased, shouldn't they, Sheila? Shouldn't justice be blind? Should we really and truly have a judge in cahoots with the prosecutors on a case? And that's certainly what we what we saw here with Dr. Hoven. But this is actually a much bigger piece of a growing systemic problem. And that is really, we're living in very dark days. And have you noticed that it's Christian bakers, florists, photographers, and pizza makers? Those are the ones that are targeted for declining to promote same-sex ceremonies. So, you know, even though other religions reject gay marriage too, it's amazing that it's conservative Christians that really seem... To, they really seem to be under fire. And, you know, Tom Horn wrote a very interesting book, and it was called Blood on the Altar, The Coming War, Christian versus Christian. But it really sets a tone for where we're at, because a lot of kumbaya Christians, you know, they just want to join hands, Dave. And, you know, let's just let bygones be bygones. Let's all come together. Let's coexist and all be nice. And if a guy wants to do, you know, whatever he wants to do behind closed doors, that's doesn't affect me. But there's a growing bigger part of this, isn't there, Dave? We don't understand it's a war, Sheila. We really don't understand it's a war. And as I said to someone uh, uh, yesterday, it's become very apparent that we love to eat our own. Christians I'm talking about. And the number of Christians who, um, who had their lives touched by Dr. Hoven, I'm talking about pastors, churches, literally thousands of them, who ran for the high grass when, uh, when he got in trouble, didn't disavowed like the old uh, Mission Impossible, disavowed any knowledge of him wouldn't stand with him because of be- they were fearful of being painted as tax cheats, fearful of the IRS, Sheila. And uh, Dr. Hoven said all along he'd paid every tax he owed. He'd done everything that they asked him to do it. And the biggest problem that we've had trying to garner support for Ken Hoven is his enemies have become those of his own household. Those who should be his friends aren't his friends. And he's not the only one, Sheila. That's why I believe that we're seeing such a strong attack on Christianity I believe the the unsaved world and the uh, you know I I go into 
demonology and the fact that demon oppression and demonic forces are at work. I think they they have so programmed us that they know we don't we don't push back. And because we don't push back, we're an easy target. And our churches teach that we're supposed to comply and that we're supposed to love and we're supposed to forgive. And I, I agree with all that, Sheila, but we're in the midst of a war. And we're in a midst of a war that is so strong and so powerful that I really, truly believe that the future of Western civilization is hanging in the balance. Now, that's a that's a pretty dramatic thing to say, but I really believe that, Sheila. And that coincides with, with the homosexual uh, marriage ruling that's coming up and, and a lot of other things that are going on. And, and so... Uh, uh, when, we, when we get a chance here, we, I want to talk a little bit about the Salt and Light Brigade and the role that it played, I believe, in the Dr. Hoven experience and, and what we have planned in the near future. Well, I think the bottom line is the world right now is really celebrating filth. I mean, children can be swallowed up in a cesspool of debauchery. We're drinking iniquity like water. But Mm. we ought to be looking at the example of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, come out of her. We know that Nebuchadnezzar had them thrown in a fiery furnace. They captured the hearts of young children as well as adults for centuries. Really, if you look at what's recorded there in the third chapter of Daniel, the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it really provides believers today with strong and lasting lessons. We are seating here. We're bowing down to Baal. Elijah didn't. Daniel didn't either. And neither did these three children. They said, come out of her. I mean, we really mm-hmm. have to look at their refusal to obey the king's decree to bow down to the idol. But that's really what's going on here, isn't it? It is. And uh, I, I made the statement a couple of weeks ago, Sheila, that uh, the major problem we're facing in Christianity, well, there are many of them, but one of them that I think is really, really critical, is we've been taught to love the sinner and hate the sin. And I believe, Sheila, that uh, actually we love the sinner more than we hate the sin. If we look at the, you go to your Bible and you turn left and you go back to that Old Testament where God was mean, we'll find he didn't mess around with it, Sheila. He did not mess around with sin. And we live in a society today where people don't think that God has enemies. We don't think that God hates. Scripture says in Psalm eleven three that God hates all workers of iniquity. I was reading and my wife and I were reading and uh, we do our da- daily devotions together in the morning. We were reading Psalm 54, I believe it's verse 8, although I could be wrong on the number. And it says in there that um, the wicked devour souls like bread. Now, Sheila, I want you to know something. The Lord is not pleased with that. We know that Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. We know this. There are things that God hates. He hates all workers of iniquity. Now, God's love is available to everybody. It's available. He can adopt you in a moment's notice at a a change of heart. But he does not love those who are devouring the innocent. And for for you to say something, for me to say something like I just said there, the average church would think I'm a heretic. They would think I've lost my mind that God is love and God loves everybody. No, God's love is available to everybody. It says in in, uh, John 3, right after it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, It makes the point that apart from Christ, the wrath of God abides on us. The wrath of God. Sheila, it's abiding on most people in America. By abiding means it's just hanging over them. 
It's just hanging over, waiting to fall on. And we know in the book of Revelations, it tells us, book of Revelation, it tells us that he's coming back and in righteousness, he's going to judge and he's going to make war. We have lost the, we've lost the hatred of sin and we have lost the fear of the Lord. We love the sinner more than we hate the sin. And I think that's why we find ourselves in the mess that we're in. Remember this, Sheila, all of God's laws are protective. He said, don't steal, not because he was so much against stealing, but he was trying to pick, protect the person who was going to be stolen from. He said, don't commit adultery, not because he was, uh, it was a, a sex issue, but because he realized the devastating effects that adultery has on the innocent. All of his laws are protective. And we've lost sight of that in Christianity. We've lost sight of th that we are supposed to oppose evil. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested. He would destroy the works of the devil. We are supposed to hate sin, oppose evil, have people come to the Lord. But uh, that's, not, that's not our approach. Our approach is love everybody no matter what they're doing. Even if they're destroying your kids and even if they're destroying your schools and even if they're destroying your country, you just love them, brother. And uh, I don't, I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. Well, you know, we've had an amazing victory here. And I mean, as much as I am just absolutely so thankful to God, we really aren't out of the woods yet, really. One of my biggest frustrations, Dave, is it seems like there are so few of us really sounding the alarm and taking action. I mean, I think back to it took me four years to help kill a harmonized tax that they were bringing in British Columbia. It took me five years to get for our group to get smart meters out of a province, you know, fought for years and years on liberties and freedoms. And, you know, moral convictions really have caused me to not be able to just sit back and and be a spectator. And, to, you know, yesterday as I was watching the, you know, I like watching playoff hockey and I was watching the Blackhawks play the Ducks. And I thought, look at this. You've got a, four, what, 40,000 fans packed in this place watching the game. And I'm thinking, like, that's kind of a good picture of where we're at, too, isn't Sheila, it? Sheila, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable you would say that. I said the same thing when I was watching the basketball game. There are, there are 10 people playing and everybody else is vicariously watching. That is Christianity, yeah. isn't it? That's Christianity. Well, we've got too many so-called armchair patriots and keyboard commando Christians, and they're not actually boots on the ground going well, and doing what needs to be done. Look at this possible, I mean, really, you know, people say, oh, Sheila, that's a lot to say the end of Western civilization. But this, you know, when we think of the Christian worldview and the Christian roots in this continent, we're seeing happening in June, Dave, is huge. It's constitutionally huge. And I think it was Judge Scalia that said, do you know what you're asking us to do? The implications for what is coming up in June is absolutely huge, isn't it, Dave? It is very huge. And in fact, uh, that's one of the things we're going to point the salt and light brigade at. And again, I'll talk about that here in a second, Sheila. But I heard I heard two things in, in the argument uh, before the Supreme Court. First of all, folks, we need to realize that decision has not been reached yet. We are acting as if we've already lost that decision. And we all know as we sit here that Justice Kennedy's a swing vote. At least that's what they tell us. And until that vote comes down, we know that John Roberts changed his vote literally in the last 45, uh, 48 hours. Who knows why? But he did. But I heard Scalia say something that was really profound. Number one, as you just said, Sheila, we're not talking about a law here. We're talking about we're in marriage now, homosexual marriage. I mean, that's a misnomer if there ever was one. We're talking about a constitutional right, granting a constitutional right. And Judge Scalia said that when you grant a constitutional right, it's not just a law. The full force of the government comes behind it, including 
the Internal Revenue Service. And I, I can foresee a day that if uh, they were to make gay marriage the, the law of the land, although we know courts can't do that, but if they did, made it a constitutional right, I can see uh, homosexuals targeting specific churches and going and demanding to be married. And then when they don't get married and some pastor says, no, we're not going to do that, boom, the door kicks open. Here comes the feds. Here comes the IRS. And I believe, Sheila, that they'll mow churches down like a uh, John Deere tractor out in an open field. They'll just mow them down one after another. And also, insurance companies will say to their churches, uh, we can't cover you. We cannot give you liability if you're going to violate the civil rights. We're opening ourselves up to too great a lawsuit. So we'll continue to be your liability insurer as long as you change your policy on marriage. So that's a big one. But then the second one I really heard, which really, really, uh, you know, sometimes when you hear something, you hear it, but sometimes you really hear it. You know what I'm talking about, Sheila? And I heard, I heard Justice Kennedy, the swing vote, say to uh, the homosexuals lawyer, do you understand what you're asking us to do? Justice Kennedy said. He said, marriage has been a man and a woman since millennia. Go back as far as you can go. Marriage has never, ever, ever, ever been anything except a man and a woman, ever. And Justice Kennedy said, uh, uh, you're asking us to redefine this institution like all of a sudden we're the wisest people that have ever lived and we know better than all of our forefathers. Is that really what you're asking us to do? And Sheila, I heard him crying out for a way out. He didn't really want to do it, I don't think. No. I think he's looking for a way out. And so we are, we are now faced with a situation is we can sit back and allow this decision to come down because, same principle, there's no opposition to evil. There's no opposition at all anymore. Or we can fight it now before the decision comes down. And that's one of the things that we have planned that, uh, uh, that I want to be able to share here as we have time. You said something really quite profound, and really, I'm going to just take this a little further. I mean, throughout human history, marriage has been defined as the union of a man and a woman. Even the ancient Greeks who tolerated gay couples, they didn't allow them to marry. And it really wasn't until the dawn of the 21st century that gay marriage as a legal institution really began to pick up steam in various countries around the world. But given the long history of traditional heterosexual marriage, it's appalling that unelected jurists would have the final say in defining this institution, isn't it? It is. But we know this. We know four of them are profoundly lost. Probably more the judges are lost in all actuality. Most people don't know there are, on the Supreme Court, there are three Jewish believers and six Catholics. There are no evangelical, no Protestants on the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, I find that quite staggering, to be honest with you. So we're talking about people who maybe spiritually are not as enlightened as, uh, they're not seeing it with the spiritual eyes that Sheila Zelensky and Coach David see it with. And so, uh, therefore, they're, they're basing it on uh, basically just on the law. The man's the lawgiver and man's the lawmaker. And uh, what is, what you know, we have the power to change the law. So we, have, we know there's four of them where they are. And we pray that the other, other four are locked in. So, again, it falls right in the lap of, of uh, Justice Kennedy. And what is it he wants to do? And, and I, I'm believing, Sheila, that uh, God's going to move supernaturally. See, the, the Bible says that the heart of the king is as water in the hand of the Lord. He moves it wherever he will. And I believe with some of the initiatives that we have planned here in the next uh, 30 days, that we can turn the heart of the king. We can give God a reason to turn Anthony Kennedy's heart and bounce the marriage issue back to the states where it belongs. Now, you know and I know 
that states can't legalize gay marriage either. Well, the Constitution was not intended to let judges dictate major policy decisions. They can't write the law. They can just enforce the law the way it's written. And Americans should not accept federal court rulings as the final law of the land if the rulings are morally wrong. But that's what we've done, isn't it, Sheila? Not only that, have have we accepted them, we, we promote them. We promote them. The whole idea of render unto Caesar that which is Caesar and render unto God that which is God. Like like whatever this, whatever Caesar tells us we're supposed to give him, we're supposed to give him. And I said to somebody the other day, if Caesar makes a tax rate of uh, a 90%, in fact, he collects all the money and he gives you just 10%, do we, is, that, is that okay? We've seen Caesar say that you can kill babies. Is that okay? Is that okay? We, uh, is Caesar going to tell us that a marriage is whatever you want it to be? Is, is that okay with us? Well, see, it comes back again to the false teaching, I think, of Romans 13, that we're supposed to obey government no matter how crazy they are, no matter what type of edicts they, that, uh, they hand down. And we have lived uh, now for about 40 years, maybe even a little bit longer than that, in a uh, cryptocracy. K-R-Y, cryptocracy. If you look that word up, it's an Old Testament term meaning government by judges. That, that's, that's where we are. That's where we've been living. And all the great moral issues of, of our lifetime, Sheila, your lifetime and my lifetime, every one of them, you name them, none of them have been the will of the people. They've all been uh, judicial rulings handed down to the people that this is the law. That's not the way our system was supposed to operate. Well, it makes me think about Abe Lincoln, who very robustly criticized the Supreme Court's Dred Scott decision while his sparring partner, Stephen Douglas, was just content to let the court rule that blacks could never become American citizens. You know, this is the kind of precedent-setting thing we're looking at here, isn't it? Yes, and when they made that ruling, uh, that uh, the Dred Scott decision, what was the result of it? Well, it was judgment. 600,000 American lives were killed, yeah. died as a result of that. So the, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> the Lord is gracious, Sheila, but he also, I, I used this example with somebody the other day, whom the Lord loves, he chasteneth. And I believe we're already under the God judgment of God. People talk about the judgment of God falling on America. I believe we're already there. And as a parent, when I was raising our children, we used progressive discipline as everybody does. You know, you start out, you make them sit in the corner, uh, then you make them go to their room and the older they get, the more the more uh, tough the, the discipline gets. Well, I believe that's what's going on in America, that God's allowing some of these things to come upon us as judgment, squeezing us, saying, will you wake up? Will you turn to me? Will you, will you, will you straighten up? Will you please straighten up? And I think that, uh, that uh, this gay marriage issue is just a real, a real tightening of the noose around our neck that the Lord is trying to get us to return to him and to sanity. Second Chronicles seven fourteen, Sheila, as far as I know, is still in effect. It's a conditional verse. If you do this, here's what I'll do. There's a lot of those, a lot of conditional promises in the Bible. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, there's God's condition. The if, if you'll do that, okay, here's what I'll do. Then I'll forgive your sins and I'll heal your land. I believe that conditional promise is still in effect, Sheila, no matter how dark things are, no matter how many babies we have murdered, no matter how much we've messed up so many things in in America. I believe that God's promise is still available that he can do a miracle in our midst. 
Well, and that's a really good segue to something you have planned. And then, of course, I want to get a little more into the Salt and Light Brigade because I think this is really quite revolutionary and I want you to talk a bit about that. And again, great segue into an event that you have planned coming up in June. Talk about that, Dave. Well, it came out of the Salt and Light Brigade, Sheila. If I can go back a little bit, uh, after I saw the, the debacle that took, took place in uh, Indianapolis, where Governor Mike Pence and the legislature passed a religious restoration law and the homosexual mafia went nuts. And six days later, they buckled and they changed the law and gave exceptions to every deviant sexual behavior in the world as an exception to, to, you know. So I said, how can this happen? Again, how can it happen? It always happens, Sheila, because we never have a team on the field. And if we do get a team on the field, it's usually after the game's it's fourth quarter. Game's about over by the time we ever show up. I said, it happens because we're not, we're not a very good team. And so the Lord impressed upon me. I'm a coach. I'm, I've held back many times, Sheila, because I'm not a big-name pastor. I don't have a congregation. I'm just a jokingly tell people, I'm just a guy out here in the cornfield. But I know how to put a team together. And I began to look at what's going on and realize, you know, God has, uh, I have to go back to 1990 Gulf War when we did those bombings for 32 days, 32 straight nights we bombed. They called it shock and awe. All of a sudden I realized, you know, God's got an Air Force too. He has an Air Force. We call it prayer team. And we need to begin using our prayer team. We need to find some people who are want, want to be in our Air Force and begin to bomb uh, specific targets for us. And then we need an infantry, just like uh, they had in the Gulf War. And the infantry would be those who are willing to make phone calls and send emails and write letters and just bombard the elected officials or the governor officials, whoever would just bombard them, wear them down. And then we needed a special weapons and tactics. We called it spiritual weapons and tactics, a SWAT team that will hit the beach. So if you get the picture, Sheila, the Salt and Light Brigade is made up of old grandmas, and I've heard from I've heard from many. And we have thousands on our list, by the way, in the Salt and Light Brigade. I hear from these old grandmas who are 79, 80, 81 years old. You say, oh, coach, thanks for helping me be effective. And what we're doing, Sheila, is we're taking this prayer team, this Air Force, instead of just casually bombing different places, we are targeting the bombs. And so we began to target uh, 10 days ago, Pensacola, Florida. And I, I put a list of things and sent it to all those who are on the Air Force. Let's target this, target the judge. And I gave them specific things about the prosecutor and specific things about Ken Hovind. Let's pray towards those. Let's all pray towards the same thing at the same time. And then we got our infantry to begin making phone calls and sending faxes and emails to, to the judge and to the prosecutor. And, and then we got a group together who were making calls to local churches trying to get them involved. So we had the Air Force bombing and we had the infantry making the phone calls. And on May 18th, we were going to send in the special spiritual weapons and tactics. The SWAT team was going to hit the beach. And Sheila, I'm convinced. I'm telling you, I don't want to claim, I don't want it to look like I'm saying I did this. Please understand. But I believe those targeted prayers and those targeted phone calls and emails, I believe that they bore fruit in the decision that came down on Friday. Remember this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The Air Force targeted the... Uh, uh, evil spirits in high places softened up the ground for us. If we really believe in spiritual warfare, which the scripture teaches us about, if we really believe that, that it really is a real thing, then those prayers have to be targeted, pointed at the same direction. And you'll never convince me, Sheila, that that's not what 
was one of the deciding factors in the in Ken Hoven being able to go free. So we moved beyond that, and I said, "Listen, I, I've been getting so sick and tired of of us being so defeatist, so fatalistic." And I'm hearing everybody talk about, "Well, what are we going to do when the Supreme Court declares homosexual marriage legal? What are we going to do? And uh, we're going to disobey what?" And and I said, "Wait a minute, man! Wait a minute! This game isn't over yet." They haven't ruled that it is yet. And I heard that thing from some, from Justice Kennedy. So uh, this June 14th, Sheila, which, by the way, is the 60th anniversary of Dwight David Eisenhower placing under God in the pledge. June 14th, 1955. Right. Is that unbelievable? We are going to go to the Supreme Court of the United States. We're having a solemn assembly there. And we're going to fall on our face. And we're going to repent of the sins that we've committed before Almighty God. We're not going to have elected officials come and speak. We're not going to do a protest. We're not going to walk around and declare anything. We are going to humbly beseech our Heavenly Father. Please, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. humble ourselves and pray and ask God, please move to protect marriage. So we're already starting the Air Force praying towards that, Sheila. And we're going to begin sending emails and faxes and making phone calls to, to Justice Kennedy and to all the Supreme Court justices, begging them kindly, please do your duty. Do not do this. Don't let this happen. And then the SWAT team, the Spiritual Weapons and Tactics, will show up June 14th from noon until 3 in Washington, D.C. But here's the magic of it, Sheila. Where you are up there in British Columbia, you said, Coach, I'd love to be part of it, but I can't, I can't come. I know. So, Sheila... Get a group of people with you from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock Eastern time, and let's all go into prayer all across America and point our spiritual weapons at the same target. The power of the unity of all those prayers being directed in the same direction, I believe, will punch a hole in the heavenlies. And I expect that after we do that and we fall on our face and we ask God to forgive us, we invite God back, that He will, as the Scripture says, Turn the heart of the king, and Justice Kennedy will, in fact, rule that homosexual marriage is a state's rights issue. That's his way out. That's where he's going to go. That's where he's going to go. And Sheila, we have just got to believe that we can win this game, that it's not a guaranteed loss. We can win this game. John Roberts changed his mind in the last 48 hours. I believe Justice Kennedy is looking for the Lord to turn his heart. So that's what we're doing. And folks, you can go to saltandlightbrigade.org, saltandlightbrigade.org. Just sign up. Just give us your email. And I tell them, we're not doing it. It's not another organization, Sheila. we got enough organizations. We don't need another organization. The body of Christ is a living, breathing, moving, functioning organism. And we are giving people an opportunity to do their God-given gifts, whether it be prayer, whether it be phone calls. We have people on the Salt and Light Brigade. They say, I'm good at logistics. We have guys that are good with uh, with computer graphics. We have people who are good at organizing mailing lists. We are in the thousands with the numbers of people now who are members of the Salt and Light Brigade, Sheila. That's what I believe set Dr. Hoven free and what I believe will turn the heart of Judge Kennedy in this issue of marriage. 
Well, it's it's really action. And, you know, Dave, I think of strong men, men of action, like my grandfather who stormed the beaches of Normandy and he got shot repeatedly. And I think of the Lexington Minuteman representing Captain John Parker. And I think mm-hmm. of retreating not being an option for the colonists and yes, those comrades of my granddaddy who stormed those beaches. And they didn't back down. Tens of thousands of GIs over the years watched their comrades bleed and die. But if it's one thing that boils my blood down, Dave, it's the vilification and the demonization of our incredibly brave veterans. But, you know, I think about what we've allowed up till now and what a spit in the face it is to them. I mean, it's heart wrenching. And I just wonder, what's the tipping point for the Christian citizenry? How far does this all have to go? Are we just going to keep giving everything out without a fight? And that's why... I think this is so incredible, Dave, because we are God's soldiers. Look at Gideon's army. I think about Mm -hmm. the exploits of men like Gideon who lived more than 3,000 years ago. They're recorded because whatever things were written before were written for our learning that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, it says there that we might have hope in Romans 15, 4. And in the book of Judges, we see that God was preparing Gideon for battle against numerically overwhelming odds here. but. You are right. We need to be marching around the walls of Jericho because God's still the same God yesterday, today, and forever, isn't he? What was uh, what was Gideon's weapons, Sheila? He only had two. Noise and light. That was it. That's all. That's all that he had. And that's a great model for all of us, Sheila. And <clears throat> I can't tell you how encouraged I am when I sent out the email uh, the other day about um, the case being thrown out, Ken Hovind's case being thrown out. You wouldn't believe the emails I got, Sheila. From, from people who said, oh, coach, thanks for letting me be part of this team. Oh, coach, thanks for helping me make a difference. Oh, coach, I feel so alive. Oh, coach, thanks for helping me be part of it. And I hear the heart cry of people out there. You mentioned, when are they going to awaken? I believe they have, Sheila. But we have the most unbelievable leadership void of any nation uh, well, any time in the history of our nation, we've never had a greater leadership void than we have right now. And by leadership, I'm talking righteous leadership. And what's happened to us is who do we turn to, Sheila? We turn to uh, Ted Cruz, nothing against Ted Cruz. We turn to John Boehner. We turn to Mitt Romney. We'd have no godly leadership. Franklin Graham's doing the best that he can do to try to provide that. But at some point, Sheila, as you so aptly stated, we got to storm the beach. Those guys at Normandy, and those guys at Gettysburg, and those guys at Lexington, I can tell you this, Sheila, they didn't have any idea the impact their actions were ha- would have. They were just doing their duty. They didn't have any idea. Do you think those guys at, at Pickett's Charge running up out of hill think, man, if we just get up there, the future of this nation will change? Do you think the, the 77 butchers and bakers and candlestick makers at Lexington, Massachusetts said, man, if we just turn back these red yeah. coats, liberty will come? No, they just did what was before them. They did what they could. And I've, it's been my experience, Sheila, that if you put yourself in position, greatness will come your way. And I believe that's where we are. I believe that right now, uh, we have an opportunity to do things that when they read in the history books years from now, they're going to say, oh, my goodness, that great revival that came up out of nowhere, that grassroots revival from the people changed the course of history. I believe that can still happen. 
You mentioned some words. You mentioned the Air Force, the infantry, the SWAT team. I really think it's imperative that we have to get organized here because, you know, one thing you mentioned on a show before you thought you said this, and I thought this is so unreal that every time there's a gay issue, they've come upon DC like a swarm of mad locusts. But where are the Christians? And that's what I like about the Salt and Light Brigade is getting organized, boots on the ground, making those calls, keeping up the pressure, employ, employ, fight, 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 because let's face it, you know, one of the things that really disgusted me this morning was, of course, um, people can look this up at christiannews.net. Obama issues statement for International Day Against Homophobia and Transphobia. Apparently, Barack Obama issued a statement over the weekend in the observance of the International Day Against Homophobia and Transphobia. This sounds like it's a scripted sci-fi headline, but he declared his intent to continue to push for acceptance, there's that word, of the lifestyles in the United States and beyond. Michelle and I join our fellow Americans and others around the world in commemorating the International Day Against Homophobia and Transphobia, he wrote in recognition of the day, which was apparently yesterday, Sunday, We take this opportunity to reaffirm that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, the LGBT rights are human rights, to celebrate the dignity of every person and to underscore that all people deserve to live free from fear, violence, and discrimination, regardless of who they are or whom they love. I mean, really? An international day against homophobia and transphobia. I mean, this is unbelievable what this absolutely anti-Christ jihadist in chief is pushing here. This is why we haven't been winning. They have been winning. Let me give you a great example. This is why the homosexuals have been winning and we haven't. We've had the Salt and Light Brigade bombarding down in Pensacola, as I told you, making the phone calls, doing all that. And when I got the word on Friday night that, the, that they had filed to delay the trial, that's the first word I got. I immediately, Sheila, it didn't take me 15 minutes. And we shot an email blast out to all of the Salt and Light Brigade telling them one thing, don't travel yet. Something's amiss. But number two, don't relax now open up your prayers even more. And we gave them specific things to pray for. Pray for confusion in their camp. Pray that the judge's heart would be turned. Yada, yada. And they began to target those prayers again. Now's not the time to rest. Instantaneously, we responded to an action. And then it took 12 hours later, Sheila, when when uh, we heard that, that, uh, that they had um, made the motion to dismiss the case. And we didn't sit around and we applauded. We immediately started bombarding again, sent out another email instantaneously. Okay, start praying. Start praying now that the judge's heart's going to be changed. Start praying that those other charges are going to be dropped. We began, you understand, understand, Sheila? We didn't let the enemy get a foothold. We immediately went at him. And I don't believe, as far as I know, that in the history, modern history of Christian America, there's never been such an immediate force able to go to war like this salt and light brigade that we're putting together right now. 
Well, I agree. And let's think about Psalm 133. It tells us that where there's unity, God commands the blessing. It also says there in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are Mm -hmm. one body, so also is Christ. Paul is really giving us a clue that we're one body and many members, and we have to understand that, don't we? We have to be jointly fitted together is what that same scripture says. Everybody, I, I, I get a chance. My phone's been ringing off the hook and I've been catching emails and I'm, I'm hearing from just these little moms and pops. And Sheila, they're saying, I'm not anybody. I'm not anything special, but coach, I sure can pray. We sure appreciate what you're doing. I, I can pray. And I say, you stop talking that way. You are a soldier in the army of God. You're important in this war. We cannot win this war without you. And they get built up and they get so encouraged, Sheila. And I I am convinced, I'm convinced that the folks out there are ready and willing to go to war. Now, here's the other remarkable thing. Every gift we need is already there, Sheila whether it be somebody to do the logistics or somebody to bake cookies or somebody to make phone calls or somebody to paint signs, it's already there. It's already jointly fit into the body. And we have never made an organized demand on the body to move as a living, breathing organism that we're all called to be. That's the magic of what I see going on with the salt and light brigade. Now, Sheila, envision this, folks. Envision this now. Remember those big old squirt guns, she like, you know, kind of that you pumped it like a little, like, <laughs> like a, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Those big squirt guns, and people love to squirt them, and you can, you know, envision this in your mind, Sheila. Everybody's in your house, and they all got a squirt gun, and they start squirting up at the, right above them in the wall, the ceiling. And it's just bouncing off the ceiling. It's not making any difference at all. And then all of a sudden, you say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, and you get up on a ladder, and you draw a little dot on the ceiling. You say, okay, now, everybody aim your squirt gun at that dot. You know what would happen, Sheila? It would punch a hole in your roof. And that's what targeted prayer is doing for us. All across America, there have been a lot of people have been doing a lot of praying, but it hasn't been targeted, Sheila. It hasn't been targeted. So again, the magic of the the salt and light brigade, we we not only say pray, but we say pray now and pray towards this. And we believe that... uh, that's tearing down strongholds. We just we just believe it. And if we believe in the heavenly realm and we believe there's a war in the heavenlies and we believe that we're supposed to tear down and pluck up and root out, well, that's what our prayers are doing for us. That's why we're you can hear it in my voice. We're so excited. That's why I believe that we can turn the heart of Justice Kennedy. Sheila, what if there is a spirit that is blinding Justice Kennedy. Right. You believe in spirits, don't you? Of course. What if there's a spirit that's blinding him? And what if we could go into prayer and we were to target that spirit and we were to knock that dude out and all of a sudden Justice Kennedy would be able to see clearly what he had never seen before. In my mind, that's what spiritual warfare is all about. And that's why the Salt and Light Brigade is is so powerful. Not only that, the fact that you can pray in British Columbia and you can pray in Houston, Texas, and you can pray in Columbus, Ohio. We can all be squirting our squirt guns at that same dot in the heavenlies and give God an opportunity to do something great. 
Well, and what does 2 Corinthians 10, 4 say? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Over and over, the Bible talks about the weapons of our warfare. And as you said, we're not fighting flesh and blood here. We're not fighting judges and homosexuals. We're fighting spiritual warfare here, aren't we? Yes, and one of the things that we've allowed to have happened in, in the modern American Christianity, Sheila, is we have so personalize the gospel that we don't understand well in church the other day in church we were singing that we're more than conquerors well Sheila that's that's just not being a conqueror in your own personal life that's not just having a good house and a good job and living a righteous life that's all that's all a byproduct of it but to be more of a conqueror has an idea of, of being a broad a, a wide swath of of area that you're in control of that's what we are supposed to do and supposed to be but we have personalized christianity christianity is about me myself and my family and our own little bailiwick here and we've lost the broader perspective that we are supposed to do what we're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. We are supposed to occupy until he comes. We're supposed to be an occupying force, but we got to get our eyes off of ourselves and look at the bigger target. That It's the name of Jesus at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. We have the ability, Sheila, through prayer and fasting and use of our spiritual weapons to tear down strongholds that deliverance will come to others. But we got to quit thinking about ourselves and focus on the larger picture. So Dave, tell the listeners how they can get involved and become a member of the Salt and Light Brigade. And by the way, folks, I highly suggest that if you have not become a member, do so. I know I'm a member. I know a lot of my listeners are members. But for the ones that aren't, Dave, tell them how they can get involved. First of all, you got to get off your butt because you got to stop griping and moaning and just spending all your time on Internet and worrying about everything and get actively engaged. All hands on deck. Now more than ever, we need everybody. There's something every one of you can do. And all you have to do, when, as, a, as I said, Sheila, I'm not a, it's not an organization. It's an organism. You can stay in your church. You can stay in your tea party and still connect to the Salt and Light Brigade. We send out bulletins all the time. Here's what's going on. Please direct your prayers here. And you can choose to pray or you can choose not to. Your church can choose to get involved or you can choose not to. But you can be in your church and the rest of your church doesn't get involved, but you choose to. It gives you an opportunity to get involved. It's so simple. Just go to saltandlightbrigade.org. That's it saltandlightbrigade.org. Right on the homepage, it says, join the brigade. You give us your email, a little bit of information. Sheila, we already have every member of our Salt and Light Brigade cataloged according to cities, wow. according to states. We are building an army that is going to have an impact all across this nation, but we need the army to expand. We need people, even those who are in the brigade, to ask their friends and their prayer groups and their churches to also go sign up so that they can get the alerts. So will you have more forthcoming info on the June 14th Solemn Prayer? Oh, yeah. We're going to, I'm get, getting ready to produce a video. I'm going to do this tomorrow, produce a video, produce a game plan so everybody will know what's going on. And for those who can't come to Washington, D.C., many can, 
But for those who can't, they can organize prayer vigils in their own churches or in their home home churches or in their houses or whatever. They can get with their families. Or I said, people have been wanting to come to, to D.C. have never been there. Well, here's your perfect opportunity. Come on Friday, spend all day Saturday and take your kids around and see all of the sites. And then on Sunday, come and get in front of the Supreme Court with us and just cry out to God and let your children be part of that great spiritual exercise that they'll remember the rest of their lives. So we're going to have the boots on the ground. We're going to be making the phone calls, sending the emails. We're going to have the prayer in the air. We're going to be bombarding the heavenlies. Sheila, can you tell me how can we possibly lose? Well, I think that is important for people to understand. God is still on the throne, but we are his hand servants. We are the ones that go and do the work. We're his foot soldiers, aren't we, really? Well, God's pattern has always been, are you listening, folks, to work through people. That's how God moves. Now, he can move supernaturally. We call that a miracle, right? I just saw a miracle take place in Pensacola, Florida with Pastor Hoven, those charges being dropped. That is a miracle, my dear, but I'm going to tell you something. He moves through people, uh, praying and boots on the ground. God moves through people. So all we have to do is, an old saying we had, is we just got to show up and let God show off. Remember, Second Chronicles 7.14 is still a promise. If you do this, I'll do this. We are on June 14th. We are going to go out and do what the Lord's asked us to do. Repent of our sins. Turn from our wicked ways. Call heaven down and uh, hold God to his word that he'll, he'll, he'll do his part. Forgive our sins and heal our land. Well, amen to that. And Dave, give out your website where people can sign up right today as soon as this show is over they, where they can go. Well, right now, just go to saltandlightbrigade.org. It's so so critical that we that we capture. You'll be glad that you got on it because we'll make you aware of other things that are going on around the country, not just big things, but we may get a call, Sheila, from somebody in some small town in Nevada, and they say, oh, my goodness, we're being attacked by the gates. Well, boom, we can target and go right there and get people, boots on the ground, prayers going in, infantry at work. And then my own personal website is uh, ptsalt.com, like pass the salt ptsalt.com. But more importantly than anything right now, Sheila, the Salt and Light Brigade. It's not about me. I don't want to run this thing. I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to be boss. But just follow me as I follow Christ. That's what I tell everybody. We'll give you a place to play and engage you in the in the battle. And at that point, all of us working towards the same dif- same direction will make a difference. Well, it will make a difference. And in the waning moments, Dave, do we know the next steps? Do we know when Coven gets out? No, we don't. In fact, that's one of the things we're going to target the Salt and Light Brigade at is he should have been home in February, but because they had charges against him, he didn't get a chance to go home in February. And now it's been four more months, and we're going to start targeting uh, all of these elected officials to get him out as soon as we can. He ought to he ought to walk home now. He ought to be on home confinement now. That would be the next step of him, somebody being released from jail. He said they could be two months, Sheila. They could send him to this prison and then to this halfway house. We're beyond that. He's already served more time than he should have served. We want Ken Hovind to go home. So we're going to get the Salt and Light Brigade engaged in that as well to get that guy back to his family and out sharing the gospel as soon as possible. Well, and I hope when he is released, I hope it's the biggest lawsuit against these charlatans we've ever seen too. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, right now, Sheila, let's just rejoice that he's getting out of there and just see how the Lord directs him at this point. But we know this, right? Uh, if he doesn't do something about it, somebody else is next. He's, yes. he's He may be the first, but he's not the last. And uh, 
uh, for the uh, only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. So let's engage in this war, Sheila. Saltandlightbrigade.org. Let's, folks, get in there, get involved with us, and let's, uh, let's do great things for the cause of Christ. Well, folks, you heard it there. Get involved in the Salt and Light Brigade. Dave, thank you so much for coming on the program this evening. Always appreciate our time with you, Sheila, and everything that you do to keep people informed. And you know and I know, Sheila, that you gave me that number that got those attorneys that set Ken Hovind free. So you pat yourself on the the shoulder tonight as well. Well, we're servants, right? We're here to watch. We're one team, many members. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Amen, Dave. Well, thanks again for coming on, folks. Again, bookmark the website, and it is also linked there at WeekendVigilante.com, as well as Pass the Salt Ministries. Folks, get behind Pass the Salt Ministries. Bookmark it. This is an amazing man of God, and I'll tell you what, he's one fantastic coach for Team Jesus. Get behind this, folks. Dave, God bless you. God bless you guys. Let's go do something great for the Lord. Folks, that was Dave Dobmeyer from Pass the Salt Ministries. That's ptsalt.com. Go to saltandlightbrigade.org. Sign up today, folks. Get behind this incredible event coming up on June 14th. Hopefully everyone can get out there to that. It's going to be amazing. And just a reminder about the encounter on the Sewanee Conference, May 22nd through 24th. The flyer's also attached there, just under Coach Dave's bio at weekendvigilante.com. It's going to be an incredible, amazing time, and I really believe God is going to do some amazing things. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into the program today. Good night, and God bless.